Welcome back, Bayside. Streaming only on Peacock. Can't wait to start junior year. Saved by the Bell is back. This is gonna be awesome. And taking school spirit. Our rivals just destroyed our mascot. We're gonna crush Valley. To the max. If we don't learn from the past, we are doomed to repeat it. That's why we have all these reboots of teen shows from the 90s. Get a new idea, Hollywood. Saved by the Bell. New season streaming now. Let's do this, baby. Only on Peacock. Welcome back, Bayside. They're taking school spirit. The fun's just getting started. To the max. This is going to be awesome. Saved by the Bell. New season streaming now. Let's do this, baby. Only on Peacock. It's still going to be damaged. Everybody, welcome to this week's edition of the Still Real Does Show, episode number six hundred fifteen for November twenty fifth, two thousand twenty one. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Welcome to this week's edition of S R T U. I'm one half the show. I am Jeff Pack, joined every single week by my co-host, the one only Dr. Trey Franklin. Dr. Trey, happy Thanksgiving, my friend. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well and, and everybody out there in, in podcast land listening in. Hopefully my voice holds out because uh, Saturday night, Jeff, I had to be the general manager, the ring announcer, and handle commentary duties uh, for Rocket City. So hopefully uh, my, my throat holds out so we can get through the show today. You couldn't do concessions or merchandise? I mean... Uh, I was I was going to I mean I was trying to get my hand in every single platter that we had but uh, no 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 just just those three things apparently that to me just tells me that uh, Dr. Trey Franklin knows how to run his mouth pretty well. There you go, there you go. I mean that uh, nobody's going to say that Dr. Trey's slacking anytime exactly. soon over at Rocket City Championship Wrestling. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Thank you for making us part of your Thanksgiving. This is the twelfth annual, believe it or not, uh, still real to show. Thanksgiving special. Uh, we say it year in and year out. This is like an episode where if you want to get away from the family for a little bit, pop on the pod, listen to some wrestling chatter. That's what Dr. Trey and I are for. Here for is for you right now, uh, whether it be on Thanksgiving, Black Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever, at any point during the holiday weekend. Thank you for making this part of your Thanksgiving, 12 straight Thanksgivings. We've been working here doing this very podcast and uh we always kick it off here dr trey with the 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 relationship that wrestling and thanksgiving has um i saw on twitter on sunday night a a poster for the 1990 survivor series and it was uh like a it was something along the taglines of like a thanksgiving 
uh, evening like no other or something like that. And it made me really think, and it made me think this uh, a lot, especially because I saw that WWE is, is doing their uh, their day one pay-per-view on New Year's, New Year's Day night. Um, of Now, catch-22. Like, I'm a guy who, who doesn't feel like wrestlers should be working on these holidays. However, selfishly, I think it'd be really cool nowadays to have, like, a Thanksgiving night pay-per-view again. I think it would be a really cool thing to uh, to bring back to the masses, Dr. Trey. Yeah, it, it would be nice, but then, you know, then there, once again, we've seen it over the last few years when they have to go head-to-head with the NFL. They, they, they tend to back off a little bit, and since the NFL has put up now, what, four games on Thanksgiving now? Is it four? Is it three or four? Because we know we have the two. I think it's maybe three. So we do the two during the day, and then they add it in the, the night game. You know, that would be going head to head with an NFL game, and you know, for some reason they don't they don't like doing that. Even though not every single wrestling fan is an NFL fan, so I don't I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I don't know how well in this day and age how professional wrestling would work on Thanksgiving night. Uh, you are right, three games. Bears, Lions, Raiders, Cowboys, Bills, Saints uh, on this lovely Thanksgiving. I just think it'd be cool, right? I I think WWE is kind of opening the door back up now to some holiday-related special events with day one uh, on Saturday, January 1st, 2022. Uh, It kind of makes me miss the Thanksgiving tradition. I think the last time they may have done it was 93 Survivor Series, I want to say. Yeah, and see, and and for me, I was, you know, I was never able to watch any of the Thanksgiving night stuff because, you know, family, working class families, you know, dad's got to go to work at four o'clock in the morning the day after Thanksgiving. Like, we didn't get those Fridays off. So if dad had to go to work, there was no way in heck he was going to let all of his kids stay up till 10, 11 o'clock at night watching pro wrestling. So, uh, you know, I had to kind of read about it in the the magazines or catch the, the WWE shows on the weekends to kind of get, you know, a vibe as to what happened. So, uh, but now as an adult and, and having the Peacock network, uh, to watch my WWE streaming stuff, like I wouldn't be opposed to it. It'd be a nice little escapism. So, um, and, and some people like us, we're not even doing Thanksgiving on Thursday. We're doing our Thanksgiving on Saturday. So either way it works for me. I'm, I'm good with, it's nice. It'd be nice to have on Thanksgiving for some escapism and some relaxation. Um, but at the same time, I'm, I'm kind of good with the schedule the way it is because uh, Lord knows wrestling takes me away from my family enough as it is. So I'm just taking a look here at the uh, the history of Survivor Series. So the 1990 Survivor Series took place on Thanksgiving Day uh, in Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, the 1991 Survivor Series, it took place on Thanksgiving Eve. So in 91, 92, 93, and the last one being in 94, uh, were all Thanksgiving Eve, and then the 1995 Survivor Series took place that Sunday night, and that's where it's been ever since. Um, I remember that 1994 Survivor Series vividly, where it was Yokozuna versus uh, Undertaker in a casket match. Uh, no, not a casket match. It was uh, a match that had Chuck Norris as a special enforcer, and then there was the Bob Backlund versus Bret Hart match, submission match, where... Owen got his parents to throw in the title. Bob Backlund was champion for a couple days before only dropping it days later to Diesel, but I digress. Um, Thanksgiving 
Thanksgiving Eve to Woodwork, Dr. Trey, right? I mean, so 1990 was Thanksgiving yeah. Day. 91 through 94 was Thanksgiving Eve. Yeah, I'd be good with Eve because uh, typically either, you know, the wife is cooking up dinner or making the final preparation. So for me, like, I'm just hanging out with the kids, you know, uh, you know, heading into Thanksgiving. Like, I'm just, my job is to keep the kids occupied so they don't get in mom's way. And if we can sit down and watch some wrestling on Thanksgiving Eve, Hey, I, I'm fine with that. I mean, I'm also a fan of bringing back Taboo Tuesday uh, as well, or, or Tuesday night in Texas, the, the random midweek pay-per-views. I, 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 I kind of miss those at times as well. So uh, anything to kind of break up the mon- I don't say the monotony is just you know any time we can break away from the normally scheduled product uh, and do something a little bit outside the box. I'm a big fan of because uh, you know. Not everybody's available to watch wrestling Sunday nights heading into Monday workday. Or, you know, a lot of us in the independent wrestling world, Saturday nights are filled with our own wrestling shows, so we can't watch pay-per-views. So if you can put a show on a Thursday, like around Thanksgiving time, hey, nice little breakaway. You might be able to get some, uh, some eyes on the pay-per-view product that may not simply get to watch it all the time. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention Starcade. So Starcade 83 through 87 were all on Thanksgiving night as well. Um, Dr. Trey, being in the indie scene in Alabama, has there ever been discussions amongst the uh, Rocket City Championship wrestling folk that you guys should do a show on Thanksgiving night or Thanksgiving Eve? Not in our show. Like uh, Barry Koloff, our, our owner of Rocket City, is still very traditional. He likes the first and third Saturdays. Um, even when holidays land on it, you know, he he might adjust the schedule a little bit, but there are other shows around here that do shows on Christmas Day or on Thanksgiving Day, just so people can get away from the family and, and get out and do something. So, uh, it, it's not his cup. It's not his cup of tea. But there are other promotions around, not just the South, but actually all over the country, that will throw out a random, you know, Thanksgiving you know show or a Christmas show or even like last month there was a few places that did Halloween shows. Uh, so it's not completely uncommon. It's just it's not our cup of tea, I guess. Is there a holiday that you feel like is the wrestling holiday, especially nowadays? Oh man! Like as far as like a day to do a wrestling show on? Yeah, because I think about Thanksgiving, right? In the '80s, there for Starcade being on Thanksgiving, uh, and then obviously WWE was running Survivor Series on Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving Eve there for a little bit. Um, is is there a wrestling holiday like with football? Right, New Year's Day is synonymous. With with yeah. college football, I'm trying to think because I mean it, it would have been because even now like Survivor Series I always go, oh that's Thanksgiving. Um, Rumble's kind of like a New Year's because we always kind of usually falls around the first of the year, but this year they I think last few years they've kind of pushed it back towards the end of January, but for a while it used to run traditionally around the first part of January. Um, no, I think everything else has kind of been, you know, moves. I mean, Halloween Havoc was a great one because that one typically land on Halloween. Uh, but they've kind of over the last, you know, 10, 15 years have kind of moved the special events away from holidays. I mean, Great American Bash used to kind of either run around Memorial Day or July 4th. Mm-hmm. But I don't think uh, WWE's always been like, yeah, we'll just sidestep the holidays and either run it before or after Thanksgiving. Yeah, Survivor Series was always kind of the exception to that rule. I'm looking at next year's 2022 schedule. They do have Money in the Bank during July 4th weekend on July 2nd, and Legion Stadium, what hosted SummerSlam. 
this past year. So uh, I don't know. It, it Interesting test coming up here in the coming weeks with WWE doing this day one pay-per-view, which uh, I'm not a big fan of New Year's Day as it is. And maybe New Year's Day could be a pretty decent wrestling day, Dr. Trey, because there's really nothing that's keeping people you know, with their families like a Thanksgiving or a Christmas would. Yeah, I mean, for us in the South, like, I mean, with the South, with the SEC being such a college football hotbed, True. you know, today is kind of a sit around the house and watch college football. But, you know, in the Northeast, in other areas, you know, WWE, maybe more WWE stronghold, college football isn't as such a, uh, you know, dividing factor when it comes to booking other events. Like, literally, there are times in the South that people go, yeah, we can't run this weekend because it's Auburn, Alabama this Saturday. We're not running a show in Alabama on Iron Bowl Day because we're not going to get anybody to show up in the building because everybody's going to be at home watching, you know, Alabama Auburn. But you know, in, in Chicago, it's not you know, Chicago wouldn't be as big of an issue. You know, New York, Jersey, Boston, Philly, you know, those areas that maybe aren't college football strongholds, uh, you could probably draw a pretty decent crowd if by you know by running a show on New Year's Day. Uh, interesting stuff there. Feel free to chime in at SRTU Podcast on Twitter. With that said, let's get into the 2021 edition of WWE Survivor Series. We'll recap and review it here. Dr. Trey, the very first match, it was a pre-show match, champion versus champion, which is the United States champion, Damian Priest, uh, taking on the Intercontinental champion, Shinsuke Nakamura. Shinsuke Nakamura wins this match via DQ. You and I both had Damian Priest here uh, with our predictions. Um, this happens after Damian Priest snaps Due to Rick Boog's guitar playing, uh, I was all in on Damian Priest having a pretty good run of momentum heading into 2022, but then they reversed course with a corny play on his name gimmick of Damian Priest having a Damian side and a Priest side. As it stands right now, I don't like it, and it seems like this came from a Vince or Bruce Pritchard. Uh, it seems really corny and outdated. I liked Live Forever, the archer of infamy, Damian Priest, so much better your thoughts here, Shinsuke Nakamura defeating Damian Priest via dis- disqualification. Yeah, I, I liked him a little bit more also when he was the guy in the bar partying all night, kind of, you know, rock star type character, um, which then made this match a little more confusing because apparently he hates guitars. So go figure. Uh, I thought the match was okay, but I, I, like, I wasn't a fan of the finish. I, I don't like this new Damian Priest. To me, this is literally going to be him at some point having a cartoon entrance with a devil on one shoulder and an angel on the other. You know, or oh, like God. a two-face or a two-face type gimmick where you see his face, and then as it goes, half will be a devil, then half will be an angel, and kind of switch back and forth. Ah, uh, this is yeah, it's totally a little bit too cheesy for me. But and then like I kind of thought he was turning heel, and then Monday night he's an opening challenge, and he's got Apollo Crews and Sami Zayn out there. So I'm like, well, okay, well maybe he's not a heel. I don't, I don't really get it. But like I said, the match is fine. The ending just sucked. Uh, next match here was Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch defeating SmackDown Women's Champion Charlotte Flair in a Champion versus Champion match. Uh, I had Charlotte Flair, Dr. Trey, and Becky Lynch. It was a really good physical and fast paced match. I typically don't like cheating finishes, but this actually made a ton of sense based on their rivalry. Uh, to me, this may be this current generation's Rock Austin and Cena Orton feud. It had a big match feel, and both women delivered. I love this match, Dr. Trey. Your thoughts, Becky defeating Charlotte. Yeah, and so the crazy thing for me was the lead-up into this match, with everybody talking about how they're no longer best friends and how the heat is real between them, 
I don't know, but you, I kept expecting a spot kind of like the Charlotte Nia match where things kind of go sideways and things get a little personal and physical and you start blurring the line. It was a really clean match uh, and, and, and pretty entertaining and from top to bottom went really well done. And, you know, Becky gets the win and Charlotte loses. And then just a couple of days later, apparently Andrade unfollows her on all social media. So who knows? Maybe Andrade broke up with Charlotte because she lost this match. I don't know. Uh, I feel like there's going to be a book written about this current uh, climate of the women's wrestling. I just, I, I get this vibe. It's like, this is that Sean Brett, um, Austin Rock, Cena Orton stuff where it blurs the lines of what's real and scripted. I felt like before that maybe Becky and Charlotte were working all of us, which is great. That's what we want to see because it feels like there's real animosity. Uh, and I still feel that way, but uh, maybe there is legitimate animosity there and they care of themselves professionally because it's great stuff for wrestling the more the better space this out every now and again but becky and charlotte delivered on sunday night uh next match here five on five men survivor series elimination match team raw defeating team smackdown uh we both had team smackdown getting the victory uh seth rollins was the sole survivor in this one it was a good survivor series match i liked kevin owens walking out on his team and embracing the low life attitude pinned on him lately uh, the Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley DQ spot felt like it wasn't supposed to happen. Uh, it was nice to see Austin Theory get some shine in the match, and I was also very happy for Jeff Hardy to be down to the final two against Rollins to close it out. Dr. Trey, your thoughts? Team Raw defeating Team SmackDown and the men's Survivor Series elimination match. Yeah, I mean, uh, kind of surprised with the result, as, as, you just, as you alluded to, based on our predictions. But overall, I thought it was really well done. And, you know, when you got down to Seth at the end winning, I was like, well, it makes sense because... You know, Seth, you know, lost the feud to Edge. You're trying to build him up as a credible threat to, to Big E in, in, in the, uh, the, the world title. He needed to win. He needed a strong showing. And then, you know, Kevin Owens doing the low-life walkout thing. And then, you know, even on Monday night, you hear him saying, like, it, it, I guess he's got to do catchphrase where he says, like, something like, uh, and that's not a lie. You know, it's kind of like, all right, we're getting a little bit of the slimy Kevin Owens back, I guess. So overall, I, I thought it did a really well job. I mean, Jeff got a nice, Jeff Hardy got a nice rub, rub of that match. Austin Theory got a nice run of that match. Uh, I do find out, I, and I didn't hear this on commentary Sunday night. I did hear it again on Monday. Are they not referencing that Theory was once in an alliance with Seth Rollins? Is that kind of forgotten about? We're just not supposed to remember that little phase of uh, his early call up to the Raw roster. Yeah, I think so. What was that like? Three or four weeks. Yeah, I mean, until then he ended up with Andrade and Angel. No, that was beforehand. Did he do Andrade Angel first and yes. then go to Seth and Buddy? Okay. And then did Seth and Buddy, like, shortly thereafter, and then he disappeared. There were some rumblings that maybe he was in trouble in some hot water uh, with a bunch of stuff that was going on around that time. But, yeah, no, they haven't referenced it. It wasn't that long, honestly. No. No, I, I kind of keep waiting for that to pop up. I, I think I was waiting more for a Monday night, but then they just didn't go there at all. But I'm like, yep, the long-term guys like me and you go, they were friends at one point. What the hell? Talk about it, damn it, Corey Graves. Jesus Christ. Uh, and then, of course, here the next match, the Rock's 25th anniversary Battle Royal. We did not predict this match because it was not announced when we were doing the show. Almost wins this match. It was a decent Battle Royal that helped almost long-term growth as a potential future star in WWE. Uh, and before everyone trashes WWE for doing a match with a heavy Pizza Hut influence, I want everybody to remember that AW had a match with an actual Cracker Barrel at one point. <laughs> so let's not forget. Yeah, it's corny, and there was a lot of corny that went on there, but WWE is a business, 
and uh, they need to make some money thanks to Pizza Hut and Cleopatra's Golden Egg, which we'll talk about here later a little bit. But uh, Trey, this was a good showcase for Omos. Yeah, it was fine. Uh, I mean, to me, if you're trying to showcase him as the monster, I would like the elimination of Otis. Like, was good, but then they didn't talk about it. And then the elimination of Shanky, they didn't really talk about it. And then the elimination of like he eliminated the three other big monsters in this match, and they really didn't put that over as much as I would like. You know, and then coming down to, you know, the way he was tossing out, you know, Montez and Ricochet towards the end, it's like, that's pretty impressive, but I, I want you to talk more about he's now the monster in WWE. He eliminated three other monsters in this match. So I, I think I was a little more down maybe on the commentary because I don't think the commentary really sold <coughs> his, his accomplishments in that match other than he eliminated 10 guys. Well, he eliminated three guys that are also 350 pounds and up. So give him a little bit of love for that. But overall, it's a fine match. And the pizza stuff doesn't bother me because, I mean, we used to have matches sponsored by every candy company known to man uh, during the run of WWE. And, heck, like, apparently they need the money because they're cutting everybody else. So, hell, pizza can give them some money uh, and, and provide catering. Heck, let them save some money. Maybe they can keep somebody around a little longer that once they get called to the main roster. Uh, champion versus champion match here. Raw Tag Team Champions, RK Bro defeating the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. The Usos, Dr. Trey and I both had the Usos winning this match. Uh, solid tag team match. The RKO Uso splash spot was just awesome. Really good match. Very enjoyable. I was surprised with the result based on the momentum the Usos have had the last several months. But just a f- ton of fun. It, it's what you expect from all four guys. So RK Bro defeats the Usos, Dr. Trey. Yeah, I love that finish spot because not only did he hit the RKO you know, on the flat. The, you know, uh, Uso hit the splash, like they landed on Riddle. So I really that was pretty clever. I like I, that was kind of a deep twist, and I was surprised with the results until the Friday before the pay per view, and they're like, you know, with this with this show, Randy will become the all time leader in pay per views, and I'm like, ah, oh, damn it, Randy's gonna win. Can't like they're gonna hype that up, and you know, you can't have Randy lose when he breaks the record like that. So, but like you said, it was a fantastic match and, and really fun, and these guys deliver and. You know, it's a little bit of a surprising result, but a little more credibility to RK Bro and their tag team run by defeating the Usos. Next match here was the five on five women's Survivor Series elimination match as Team Raw defeated Team SmackDown. Uh, the sole survivor in this one was Bianca Belair. I had Team Raw, Dr. Trey had Team SmackDown. Uh, this match felt rushed towards the end once we reached SmackDown, having a four to one advantage over Bianca Belair. I wish I had a little bit more time to breathe so Bianca's moment could have felt a little bit more special. Uh, I was happy to see Tony Storm get some shine with two eliminations, and I've really enjoyed Shotzi Blackheart's ascension on the SmackDown roster these last several weeks, as she was the uh, the final participant left on Team SmackDown. The WWE Women's Division continues to look healthy and stacked. I don't think there's anything better in all of wrestling right now than the WWE Women's Division. Uh, Dr. Trey, your thoughts here as Team Raw defeating Team SmackDown in the 5-on-5 five five Women's Survivor Series elimination match. So I liked the storytelling in this match, but I didn't really like the match. Like it, like you said, it felt rushed at the end. There were spots early on that kind of felt off and timing issues and stuff like that. But you know, storytelling wise, you know, Bianca being the sole survivor, the the Liv Morgan getting a victory, Tony Storm getting some love, Shotzi getting some love, the the SmackDown team running Sasha off, I thought was good, although. I, I'm pretty sure that if you dive three quarters of the way into the ring, that breaks a count. But apparently in a Survivor Series match, you have to get both feet in the ring. I don't, I don't know. But like I said, like 
the match itself I didn't really care for, but storytelling wise, I thought it was pretty well done. Uh, and then finally, the main event here: champion versus champions match. SmackDown's Universal Champion Roman Reigns defeating Raw's WWE Champion Big E. Doctor Trey and I both had Big e, uh, Roman Reigns winning this match. Uh, the match was okay. I wish it was a better match for Big E in his first high-profile main event match. Uh, I think Big E will learn from this match and continue to prove improving these high-profile matches. Uh, the crowd is definitely waiting for Lesnar or The Rock post-match. It was an okay match, Dr. Trey. Roman Reigns defeats Big E. Yeah, I, I liked it. Uh, you know, Big E hasn't really had these high-profile matches yet. And getting in there with Roman's a little bit different animal. Um, and like you said, like he'll learn from this and, and learn how to kind of not only carry himself more like a champion, but just know when to take it to that next gear like Roman has. Roman has uh, a, a SmackDown style of match and then he has a pay-per-view style match. And I think Big E's still trying to figure out what his singles pay-per-view match is supposed to look like. So I, I, I don't the one thing I liked about it was he didn't look out of place. Like, he looked like he belonged in there with Roman. Uh, so I think that's good for where he's headed in the future. Uh, so overall, like, I was really I was happy with the match. Um, and, and thought it was a pretty good showing for Big E in his first match against somebody who's probably future Hall of Fame caliber guy, uh, you know, on a big pay-per-view scene like Survivor Series. That's a good point. That is a good point. Big E uh, definitely looked like he belonged in the match with Roman Reigns, which is great for his character building as well. Uh, so pay-per-view prediction record, Dr. Trey and I both went 2-4, and four, which I think means that's WWE's doing their job and we're not correctly predicting the, uh, the, the shows as well as we have in the past. Uh, this was a tough show to, to predict because it's champion versus champion. Overall 2021 pay-per-view prediction records, Dr. Trey enters the last pay-per-view of 2021 NXT War Games at 141. I come into it 99 and 42, one game back. So in a couple weeks here, uh, I think actually it'll be on next week's show. Dr. Trey and I will preview and predict the very last pay-per-view that we will cover here on uh, next week's edition of the show. And we'll see who can close out with the pay-per-view prediction record for 2021. Uh, my match of the night, I gave it to Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. And I gave Survivor Series a 3.5 out of 5. Dr. Trey, what say you? Match of the night, event rating. Yeah, I went Becky and Charlotte also, and I was a little bit lower down on it. Now. I was at a three point two, which, by the way, I guess with this next pay-per-view, it means I actually have to pay attention to NXT for the next couple weeks, right? You have to, you have to, if you sure. want to take the crown. So, who is Von Wagner? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's one of the was it the Bloom brothers' sons? Oh, it's um, Wayne Bloom's sons. That's yes. right. Yes, and he yeah. wasn't. Now, let me now correct me if I'm wrong. He was 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 he or was he not on SmackDown last Friday? I know the Friday before he was there as like Adam Pierce's bodyguard, and then he was, was not shown this past Friday night. So that was like a one-off of just having a big muscle guy behind. Adam maybe, okay. maybe you never know with rest, with WWE, right? They, they might have cut him already, Jeff. We don't know about. He it. could he could be released. He, he could be released. They did make mention of it very briefly on NXT 2.0 this past Tuesday. Uh, let's get into it. Sunday into Monday, WWE ran uh, while being tied in with Red Notice, the Netflix movie, which I've not seen yet. Dr. Trey, have you seen it yet? Yes. Fantastic. Do you like it? I really enjoyed it. I mean, okay. Once again, you, you put The Rock, Gal Gadot, who's Wonder Woman, and Ryan Reynolds in a movie, and 
it shouldn't be bad. It was pretty entertaining. Rock and uh, Ryan Reynolds got some really good chemistry there, too. All right. I do really want to see it, so that's good to hear that you enjoyed it. So the big part of the movie is Cleopatra's Golden Egg. They ran with the storyline on Sunday into Monday about it being stolen. It was given to Vince McMahon by, by The Rock. Roman Reigns says, who cares? little seed planting for maybe Rock Roman down the line. Uh, it turns out that Austin Theory took the golden egg uh, to do a selfie with it. He stole it on Sunday. He gets a WWE Championship match. Sami Zayn brings him there, blah, blah, blah. But uh, this has been a very, like, head-scratching storyline, Dr. Trey. According to reports, WWE got paid very handsomely for this. Um, I didn't hate it. I certainly didn't love it, but I get why WWE is doing did this storyline. I would have liked it not be as corny and cartoony as it was. But where do you stand on stuff like this? Was it uh, too cartoony and corny for you, or did you think it wasn't too bad um, for your liking? I mean, they've done way worse. I mean, that's that's one way to look at it. I mean, I'm not thinking about it. Like for one, this is not even the worst egg incident in Survivor Series history. You know, uh, the gobbledygooker incident was way worse than this. Uh, I mean, McMahon's millions was the worst thing. The you know, you can go back to. I, although I will say, this, every time we have one of these like who done it type things pop up in WWE, I just keep wanting somebody to do the Paul London smile, and just just to, for nostalgia reasons. But I don't hate it. But you know, a couple things about it. They you know, he, he mentions that this egg's worth a hundred million dollars. He, he just fired. 20 people in the last two months uh let's not talk about money when you have a lot of fans who are upset about the releases uh you know i don't hate that it gave austin theory a chance to you know interact with vincent man get the vincent man rub seal of approval and, and get a magic big heat that's good for his career so as long as something comes out of it where it's positive like austin theory getting a little bit of push a little bit of a lure up I'm fine with it. I just think I think people, I don't know, wrestling wrestling fandom is kind of getting almost I don't want to say politically divided, but you have these some people who all they care about is the work rate, and then you have people like me who like entertain me, make it funny, make some, give me a little bit of variety in my show. Um, and I think you, those people who are like I just want wrestling, none of this other bullcrap stuff. Those are the ones who hate it. The rest of us who are kind of like it's fine. Is it? the cheesiest thing no it's not the worst thing but it's not the best thing it's just a, an excuse to give a young guy an opportunity to a championship match that's not a bad angle considering you know where Austin Theory was at not too long ago so like I guess I guess overall I'm fine with it yeah I'm, I don't hate it at all certainly I wish um, I wish it wasn't there but it's it's an entertainment industry at the end of the day right Dr. Trey yeah and this it, is how they pay their bills and even when you go back to like, you know, you became a fan, you know, with the Brett Owen, you know, early nineties, my fandom goes back a little bit farther. Even in the, in the old days when I was watching mid South, like there was hard hitting stuff. There was some comedy stuff. I mean, it's always been a variety. And I think when people get too caught up in just the theater, I mean, the in ring work, you forget what actually made you a fan. And you and I have talked about these shows. Like for me, it's always the moments in wrestling history that stand out to me more than the actual matches. So I think it just kind of depends on where you fall on that scale uh, of wrestling fandom. Yeah, that is true. It, it's a business after all, and it 
Some people like a lot of great in-ring work. Some people like the entertainment. Some people like a mixed mosh of both. But uh, I think you hit it right on the head there, Dr. Trey, with the Cleopatra Golden Egg storyline that took place this past Sunday. And Monday, I'm sure, five years from now, we will look back at this not as fondly because it's what we do as professional wrestling fans. Here's a thought. Here's a, here, before you go on, here's a thought. If Austin Theory becomes the main eventer and you know, in five years he's main eventing WrestleMania, this will get looked back as being really fun. If Austin Theory's off the roster in a year, we're going to be like, what the hell was the point of that whole egg thing? True, so, yeah, true. It kind of depends on where they go from there. I, I, I think Austin Theory is in line to be a big star in the company. He seems like a WWE Vince McMahon type of guy, right? Yeah, yeah. He's got the look. He's got the personality. You know, I, I've seen it firsthand just on the independents working with him. Women love that guy. I mean, women go nuts for Austin Theory. And if that's a, the kind of guy you can... You know, kind of showcase, and you know, in a sense, this the John Cena approach. When Cena first broke in, a lot of people didn't like the character, but women loved him, and then kids liked him, and then the men liked him. And that's kind of the the forecast. If you can get a good looking heel, and then he goes babyface, and the kids like him, then the adults, the adult males, turn around, and they like him. You got a star. So he's, I mean, he he's, it's an easy transition as long as he keeps his head on straight to go from where he's at. To be the main event guy. Now, if he gets too big of an ego, he'll be off the roster in two years. That's true. That is true. All right. Next match. Uh, next. Excuse me. Next match. Next topic here, Doctor Trey. We have an update on Kenny Omega. He had to vacate the AAA Mega Title. Uh, Kenny Omega had been scheduled to defend the AAA Mega Title against El Hijo del Vecino at AAA's Triple Mania Riga Two event on December fourth in Monterey, Mexico. However, after dropping the AEW World Title Hangman Adam Page earlier this month, an AEW Full Gear was expected that Omega would vacate the AAA Mega Title due to his various injuries and ailments and the need for surgeries. AAA announced, due to injury and surgery issues, Kenny Omega Man X may not be present at Triple Mania Regia. Therefore, as of this moment, the Mega Championship uh, remains vacant with Vikingo as the first challenger. More news soon, which was tweeted out by uh, rolled on from AAA. So this is coming to us all from Wrestling Inc. It has been since, since announced that Samurai Del Sol, the former Kaliso, will be battling for this match. But uh, the fact that Kenny Omega will not be wrestling for AAA in uh, a couple weeks, Dr. Trey, is not a good sign. Really goes to show you how injured this guy is. Um, really, this is just kind of an update on Kenny Omega. But any thoughts here as he had to uh, vacate the AAA Mega title? I mean, I'm not not surprising not surprising to vacate the title based on the fact that you know he he, he came out and said I I got to take some time off I got some injuries I got to heal up and you know we we saw the tension teased in in the elite with Adam Cole you know on Dynamite recently so uh, not surprised I mean they I mean they could have been I mean there's no timeline for his return so it's kind of hard for Triple A to say hey you know take your time get better and come back because. If it was a month, if it was going to be a month or two, I could see them postponing the title match. But right now, with no timeline, I mean, he might be out six months. He might be out nine months. Nobody really knows. And a company like AAA can't just leave their top title sitting on the shelf waiting for a guy to return. So, and plus, it makes that return to AAA when he is healthy to rechallenge for that belt makes it even more of a compelling storyline. So, it, it makes a lot of sense across the board. I'm just kind of surprised that. Samurai Del Sol is the one jumping up. Like, is I mean, maybe I I don't know much about lucha wrestling and who's a huge star in that industry. Maybe he is. I'm just surprised they couldn't find somebody maybe a little more mainstream in the U.S. to get that shot to maybe kind of 
capitalize on the buzz of Kenny having to vacate said title. Uh, you know, Adam Cole or, you know, somebody else from the elite jump in to fill that spot, you know, could have capitalized on the momentum and, and, the, and the buzz because I honestly had forgotten that Kenny still had that belt. Um, so I'm a little surprised where they went with it, but hey, it, it's not my company. And, uh, you know, Samurai Del Sol may be a huge star in Mexico. And I don't know anything about it because, uh, like Jeff, I can have a hard time pronouncing half this stuff there. Yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough. You, you try damn doing Ken, it. You know. Damn Kenny and his international bullshit. Yeah, we don't we don't cover New Japan as much as we used to anymore, and that used to be a, a glorious time on the podcast here. But then I started watching it so that I knew how to pronounce uh, Hiroki Kuroda, uh, which was a yeah. pitcher for the New York Yankees. Uh, on last week's show, we had breaking news, Dr. Trey, that really like derailed the entire podcast. As WWE released a whole bunch of stars, including Hinton Row, which was a huge shock. A lot of hit row news since uh, we we left the pod, but uh, Wrestling Inc. actually put together a full list of the over. Uh, well, I'll ask you how many wrestlers or talent do you think uh, have been released since February 2020 by the company? Um, I would say it's probably up around 75 to 80. You hit it dead on. So a full list of over 80 WWE releases so far this year, dating back to February 2020. Um, Dr. Trey, I'll quickly go through some of these names. Tell me if any of them stand out to you where, whether or not that they've uh, succeeded post-WWE or if they haven't shown up anywhere at all. February 2020, Lars Sullivan and Steve Cutler. Um, kind of surprised Lars hasn't ever showed up again in professional wrestling. I'm not as surprised because maybe the the rumors about him behind the scenes were actually more credible than we had probably thought. That's a good point. March Andrade, so he's in, in AEW now. Yeah. Uh, April 15th, 2020. What was that? Isn't Cutler the one that's in Impact right now? He is. He's... Okay. Um, feuding is with, he, uh, he's feuding with uh, Trey Miguel right now. Yeah, I can't think about what his name is. It's like his real name. Dave. I don't know. I don't know. He's just going by Dave? Just Dave. Everybody's just Dave. Yeah, that's a that's not a bad one. Uh, Steve Macklin is what he's going by. Macklin, yeah, okay. Because uh, I think Jeremy Macklin when I first heard his name. True, true. April fifteenth, twenty twenty, Samoa Joe, who's with WWE still, but hasn't performed in the last several months. Peyton Royce over at Impact Wrestling. Bo Dallas is not. Mickey James Impact Wrestling in NWA. Billy Kay's in Impact. Chelsea Green's in Impact. Kalisa, the former Samurai Del Sol that we just talked about, or the current Samurai Del Sol. Uh, Wesley Blake and Tucker uh, were back on April 15th, 2020, Dr. Trey. Yeah, I haven't seen Wesley Blake or Tucker really. I think, I mean, I've seen Tucker make a few appearances, but nothing in ring. Same with Wesley Blake. Seen a couple of independent bookings, but not a ton. Um, May 2020, The Velveteen Dream, Jasmine Duke, Van, Vanessa Bourne, Skylar Story, Ezra Judge, Alexander Wolf, Kavita Devi. Uh, Drake Wirtz, Jake Clemens, um, and then at the end of May, it was revealed that Tom Phillips was released. I apologize. That was from uh, 2021. Uh, these All these releases, my apologies, were from 2021 so far this year. So once again, Velveteen has... Yeah, Velveteen maybe it is a little surprising that nobody's taking a shot at Velveteen. That's, uh, that's true. He was talented. But yeah, again, the ba- behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah, but it, but gimmick wise, talent wise, I am a little surprised that I mean nobody. I haven't even seen him on an indie show. Yet. 
like nobody is touching. So that's a little concerning. Um, half the names there, I thought you were talking about the Yankees Triple uh, A pitching rotation. So I don't really know half those guys. True, true. Um, yeah, th- this list so far, 2021 releases is is just insane. Um, June 2021, Braun Strowman, Alistair Black, Lana, Ruby Riot, Buddy Murphy, Santana Garrett. This is obviously a very shocking release as Braun Strowman has not shown up anywhere yet. Alistair Black's over in AEW. Lana, I presume, will be in AEW soon. Ruby Riot, now known as Ruby Soho, is in AEW. Santana Garrett has performed for AEW. Buddy Murphy has not shown up in any television yet. Has he, Dr. Trey? Uh, not American. He was on New Japan recently. I think he rest- actually wrestled Okada. Um, oh, shit, that's Braun- right. And then Braun did the EC3 Free the Narrative gimmick. And I actually think he's doing Free the Narrative 2 with EC3. I think I also think Braun is waiting to find out what Bray's doing. So I think that's kind of where Braun's at right now. Plus, there was also some stuff that was said that, like, he was reaching out to WWE to see if there was still interest in him. Yeah, yeah, because that's... Because, remember, it took him a long time, even after his 90 days was up, before he changed his handle to his real name. So, and there was still talk that they were going to bring it back. Because, I mean, if, out of everybody that you just mentioned over the first... What was that, June? So, the first six months of these cuts, Braun is the most Vince guy that you would look at and go, that's the kind of guy Vince wants. Especially if you look at that Battle Royale we just talked about Survivor Series with Aziz and Shanky and Otis and Omar. Braun's the most Vince kind of guy. So, like, that to me, out of all the cuts, was probably the most surprising because that's the guy that was most like a Vince character that you would want to hang on to. Uh, on June 25th, 2021, more NXT talents were released. Tino Sabatelli, Killian Dane, the Bollywood Boys, Neil and Samir Singh. Marina Shafir, Arturo Ruas, Kurt Stallion, Fandango, Tyler Breeze, Ever Rise, Tony Nice, Aria, excuse me, Aria, Aria Davari, August Gray. Um, really, out of all this list, Ever Rise, now known as 2.0 in AEW, has done pretty well for themselves. Some others have not popped up quite yet. Um, Tony Nice now over in AEW. Aria Davari was on AEW recently. I think he's doing some work for NWA. But um, those are some big names. Basically, the 205 Live roster at that point, Dr. Trey, was all released in one shot. Yeah, the Bollywood boys are back up working with some of their stuff in Canada, where they came from. I know that. Haven't seen Tino anywhere. Um, I think I saw August Gray do AEW Dark or AEW Elevation on one of those shows. I think he was on Dynamite, too. Yeah. Um, And then I'm not surprised Arya working with NWA as Sean Devari also works with NWA, so... Uh, he does have that tie in there as well. Wait, it, it, isn't Sean Devari, Devari with WWE as an agent? I thought he was working with NWA. Like that's what like I, I know that I, I agree with you. I like, but at one week I saw him at the NWA anniversary show, and then I saw him working as an agent at one point. Well, I mean, heck, I just saw Petey Williams work an Impact show, and then he's been working as an agent for WWE as well. So I have, I, I know Sean, I know Devari, and. Uh, Mr. Anderson have a wrestling school together in Minnesota, and that's been tied in with some of the NWA stuff, so that's kind of why I thought that was all kind of tied together. Um, moving forward to your July 2021, Bray Wyatt, August 2021, Ric Flair. Obviously, Bray Wyatt was a massive shock, Dr. Trey. Yeah, when you're the number one merchandise revenue uh, machine for a company and they let you go, that is 
absolutely shocking and surprising. I still, I don't know. This, this, when you talk about that book with the women's division, I'm still waiting. Like, the book about these cuts and what led to them will be the most interesting. Because the one thing I've noticed, and, I, and I'm sure you have as well, we've, we have cuts, fans get backlash, and then we get these leaked reports about certain talents being difficult to work with. You know, and I'm like, listen, there's a lot of talents in the history of this business that have been a pain in the ass to work with, but if you're generating revenue, they're going to make adjustments for you. The re- so when we finally get the real reason as to why Bray was cut, I think will be the most interesting thing. Well, that's a very interesting point because I was shocked by Braun Strowman. There were some reports out there that he was being paid too much. Very shocked by Bray Wyatt, and it was like he was difficult to deal with. Shocked by Hit Row, and then you hear that AJ Francis, top dollar, was difficult to work with. It's like, hmm. This is interesting how this comes out. That's a great point, Dr. Trey. Um, days later, August 2021, more NXT talents, Bronson Reed, uh, Bobby Fish, who's been in AW a lot lately, Leon Ruff, Tyler Rust, Jake Atlas, Mercedes Martinez, who's been working in Impact Wrestling, Asher Hale, Giant Zanjir, Zakara Smith, Kona Reeves, Ari Sterling, NXT referee Stephen Smith, and Desmond Troy. I, I was shocked that Bronson Reed was was let go. Yeah, and he just showed up at Impact this past weekend. So he's officially on the Impact roster. Um, you know, the, the Arya Sterling one, that's who I was trying to think of like last week. We were mentioning young talent, uh, the former Alex Zane, I guess current Alex Zane on the Independence. I mean, that's, you know, to him, and we'll get to, to Trey Baxter here a little bit when you talk about, like, hey, let's try to build it up with some young guys. Like, Alex Zane's not a small dude. Like, he's a pretty thick dude for a guy his size. Uh, I, that's one of the ones that kind of surprised me because the guy's tremendously talented and got over on the internet as well in his in-ring stuff. So uh, cutting some of these younger talent from NXT that, you know, Bronson Reed, North American champion, was doing dark matches for SmackDown and then gets cut like that. Some of these young guys getting cut is really mind-boggling. Uh, on November 4th, 2021, 18 talents were let go. Keith Lee, which was a huge shock. Mia Yim, Nia Jax, Eva Marie, Karrion Cross, another huge shock, Scarlett Boudreaux, uh, Grand Metalik, Lince Dorado, B-Fab, Brianna Brandy was a big shock, Harry Smith was a shock because he never was was on television after coming back to the company, Oni Lorcan, uh, Frankie Monet was a big shock to me, Ember Moon was a shock to me, Trey Baxter, Jesse Kamea, Gene Rama, Zydia, Ramir, and Katrina Cortez, uh, this was a big group of, of shocks there, Dr. Trey. Yeah, and, and the way the cuts went down, I mean, you look at these other cuts, it was like, hey, main roster cuts, a couple of the undercard NXT cut. Oh, this one here is almost an all NXT cut. Oh, this is a 205 look. This one was kind of all over the place because you had, you know, Keith Lee, Karrion Cross, uh, Frankie Monet, those are established veterans in the wrestling business. And then you had some of the younger talents get cut, you know, you know losing a Mia Yim which a lot of these cuts kind of felt like, hey, if we're cutting one, we might as well go ahead and cut their real-life partner as well just because we don't want the awkwardness of, you know, the Zelina, Alistair Black cuts. Um, It's kind of just, you know, a Frankie Monet on your roster is great for your women's division because you have that veteran in the locker room. And after losing Mercedes Martinez and cutting her, you know, a couple months early, you don't really have that veteran in the NXT locker room for the women's division. So... Yeah, so this was probably the most surprising rounds of cuts because a lot of it didn't make sense, especially you just repackaged Keith Lee. You had just brought Karrion Cross to the main roster. You know, B-Fab had just got moved to the main roster. 
you know, that one, this whole round was, was really shocking and surprising. So, uh, I, I can't wait for February to get here with some of these 98 expired to see where these guys end up. Uh, and then finally, the group that was announced during last week's show, John Morris and Tika Knox, top dollar, Isaiah Swerve Scott, Ashante the Adonis, Drake Maverick, Shane Thorne, Jackson Ryder. Um, as of this writing by Wrestling Inc., WWE has released 83 talents so far in 2021. Of those released, only Samoa Joe has returned to the promotion. So 83 talents released in 2021. Dr. Trey, you can make three or four promotions out of those. Um, it's wild to go through that list because it just kind of brings up the, the shock of some of those names that were released, especially people that you would never imagine had it been a year or two years ago. I would have never thought Loris Sullivan would be released. I never thought Velveteen Dream would be released. Braun Strowman, Alistair Black, Bray Wyatt, Keith Lee, Caring uh, uh, Cross. Like these are people that I, you would figure maybe in three to five years' time that WWE would be building around them as the top stars. But here they are in 2021, and most of those guys are no longer – they're not most of those guys. All those people I just named, no longer with the company. Yeah, I mean, really, like the people you named off right there, um, you know, I could build a pretty damn good promotion with those guys. And then you mix in the talents from the female locker room. Yeah, I could make a pretty damn good roster with it. And it'd be one thing if these were guys all, if everybody you went through was like, you know, big name guys who had been, you know, Braun was a big name guy. Braun's a main event guy. So he's getting main event money and he was hurt a lot. So I, I can get that at times. But then when you look into a Bray Wyatt, we're like, yeah, Bray's making a lot of money, but he's making you a lot of money. That should balance out. Alistair Black probably wasn't costing you a ton of money. Andrade wasn't costing you a ton of money. You know, these are guys you can build rosters around then you look at some of the younger guys from nxt you know the the bronson reeds your velveteen dreams well you know personality and backstage on the side you know like i said the trey baxters the the aria sterlings some of these guys you could build really strong undercard divisions with and then the women's division with frankie monet and mercedes martinez and you know some of the 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 jesmond dukes and the marina shafirs you can do stuff with that but it is weird to kind of see them pick and choose their favorites of who they think are WWE lifers, I guess, and they're going to stick around forever. And those who, you know, oh, he's a little bit of a headache. Let's just let him go. You know, so it's, it's weird to see where when we finally get the answers onto why these people were cut will be really interesting. But once again, it's WWE. You may never get a 100% truthful answer as to the reasoning behind these. Dr. Trey, there have been a ton of uh, teases and rumors with these recent releases of people wanting to start up their own promotion. Jeff Jarrett and Connor Conrad uh, Thompson were, were teasing doing their own promotion. If you had the money and you had to look at some of those 83 talents, or 82, not counting Samoa Joe now because he's back with the company, any one of those 82 talents, you're signing four of them to start your own promotion. Who are you picking? Bray uh, Wyatt, Aleister Black, um, man, that's a good question. I got those two. Um, probably Andrade as well. Uh, I think I'd pass on Braun Strowman and maybe take. I could take him. Uh, I'll take Frankie Monet. I take those three guys and that gal. Wow, you pay, you, then, you pass on Keith Lee. I felt like you were always a big Keith Lee stand. I am. Uh, you know, I take that back. I would take Keith Lee over Andrade. I for, for blanked on. I blanked on that. I would take Keith Lee over Andrade. 
So okay. yeah, you give me you give me you give me Bray Wyatt, Alistair Black, Keith Lee, and Frankie Monet because I need someone from the women's division to build that around. You give me those four, I get you a good show starting. And then I take some of the younger NXT guys that we talked about earlier to build my undercard. But those would be my my three headliners, and then my my one cornerstone piece of my women's division. Uh, and then what is the one under the radar name you would sign? Somebody that's not like a big name that you would have to kind of mold and build up that maybe WWE missed the boat with. Um. Honestly, I'm really, really high on on Arya Starling. If I because I know his real name is Alex Zane, but the, the WWE name, really high on that guy. He's kind of to me. If you like Ace Austin in Impact Wrestling, he's a bigger Ace Austin, um, and he knows how to market himself. Like if the dude just got a, a sponsorship deal with Taco Bell uh, on the independent scene, so uh, I think he's one of those guys that you know speed charisma in ring stuff is a guy that you can kind of work with and build to be you know your mid-card champion eventually top tier champion uh if given the right amount of time uh for me my four big names keith lee bray wyatt braun Strowman, karen cross my one under the radar name i would go with top dollar uh top dollar aj francis i i really like that kid man i i, I think he could be a star yeah, I, I liked him, but the same thing with Braun. For them to give up on him, like on AJ Francis, so quickly after debuting on the main roster is a red flag. True. Um, like, there's got to be more to that story. And the fact that they released him and then were like, yeah, we can't do anything with Ashante and Swerve, so we'll let them go too. That makes Which is dumb. Like, I'm going, you do realize you have a shitty tag team division. Right, you don't use the tag team division right. Like you don't, your cruiserweight division struggling. You know those guys. Those guys send them back to NXT. You can still do something with them. But um, like I and, and you, like as long as I've known you, you love Braun Strowman. To me, I like Braun, but to me, Braun's not a great talker. Uh, so if I'm building a company around it, I want a guy that either gives me diversity or gives me the ability to cut great promos. Braun's a monster, but it's kind of like he's to me is what the modern day Big Show is. Like, he's a big monster of a guy, but his promos don't match up to what he should be able to do. And that's why I, I passed on him and worked on my women's division a little bit. I sincerely hope that we don't talk about any more releases, but I would be uh, a losing betting man here to think that that won't happen. Um, really, it's 82 people no longer on the WWE roster anymore. Tough year. Last week was a very tough show. Every single time that these the news breaks, it's always shocking, catches you off guard, you feel awful, you wonder why you watch this type of stuff. It's a whole range of emotions because it's just been disappointing ever since really April 2020 when they started all these releases that uh, we've we've lost over like 125, 150 wrestlers uh, estimated here off of WWE. Like I get it, they were you know they had way too much talent on their their roster. But uh, it just sucks because there have been so many people that, that we've named here tonight and from the 2020 list as well that deserved a better chance with the company and an opportunity really to grow. And they never really got it, most of them. Some did. Most didn't. Uh, with that said, we will close up this Thanksgiving edition of the pod by releasing our holiday schedule. Dr. Trey, our holiday schedule runs on December 23rd, December 30th. 
and then kicks off the new year on the 6th of January, 2022. So the very first episode of the holiday programming schedule is on December 23rd. Uh, it's our Christmas wishes for professional wrestling in 2022. And it's your favorite thing that we love to do. And we listen back to our 2021 bold predictions. Typically, the show is the recap review for TLC, but they're not doing the TLC pay-per-view this year. On the 30th of December, it's the 2021 SRTU Award Show Special. And we'll also preview predict WWE Day 1 pay-per-view, which is something entirely new that we've never done here on the podcast. History, first show of the year, the 2022 Wrestling Preview Show. We'll give our predictions for WrestleMania 38 card, and we'll also give our 2022 bold predictions. And we'll also recap and review the WWE Day 1 pay-per-view. So the holiday programming schedule has been revealed, Dr. Trey. Uh, anything that stands out to you as we get ready to uh, close up shop on this upcoming year? I mean, I'm just looking forward to it. This is my favorite time of the year. Although, yes, Jeff makes me go back and listen to my voice, uh, which I absolutely hate. But nevertheless, I've survived this long. I can probably survive another year of it. Um, and I'm really looking forward to the, this day one event, uh, mainly because we just talked about The Rock's 25 years uh, in wrestling and how SmackDown was actually basically named for him. Um, and now the apparently the Usos are getting their own pay-per-view since they had the uh, Down Since Day One shirt uh, a couple years ago. So this is a Anawa family tradition of uh, WWE naming events after somebody in that family. I feel like there's going to be a lot of uh, Day One-ish from this point forward. Are we the ones from the bloodline? So holiday programming schedule uh, kicks off on the 23rd for three weeks. Uh, it gives Dr. Train a lot of time to kind of relax, still give you guys some new content, even though we'll be we'll be chiming in here with some of the current stuff of the product with the WWE Day 1 pay-per-view. Uh, so that has been revealed, and we'll start working towards that here in, uh, in the coming weeks. Because next week is the first episode of December, which is just shocking to me as I look at the calendar as we speak. Uh, then we've got the 9th of December, the 16th. So there's three more episodes until the holiday programming schedule kicks off. So enjoy as we close out uh, the last couple weeks here of 2022. With that said, let's get a couple plugs and spots out of the way. You can download the show every Thursday at thebowershow.com, WrestleChatNet on Twitter, and the Still Rails to Show iTunes feed. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to help us climb the charts on iTunes. You can follow us individually on Twitter for myself at SRTU Jeff and for Dr. Trey Franken at the Dr. Trey. And of course, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at SRTU Podcast. With that said, what is going on in the wonderful world of Dr. Trey Franklin this week? Well, like Jeff said, you can follow me on Twitter at the Dr. Trey. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook, Dr. Trey Franklin. Uh, when you're on Facebook, check out Rocket City Championship Wrestling. As I mentioned in the show, we just had a really big show this past Saturday, uh, December 4th. We have our five-year anniversary show coming up. So looking forward to that. Uh, we'll also be releasing the video for this past show with yours truly handling all the commentary, all the GM, and all the ring announcing. Uh, so, guys, you can check it out. Tell me if I'm a decent announcer or not, because uh, not a decent commentator. Because I tried to actually do it a little more by the book uh, this week. So, we'll have that up as soon as uh, Rocket City releases it. I'll post it to our Facebook page. So, there you go. Support all the great things that support the Still Real Toss show, and uh, and more importantly, have a happy and safe Thanksgiving. Enjoy your time with friends. Enjoy your time with family. Enjoy some downtime, listen to the podcast, watch it some wrestling, and just enjoying the day and enjoying the holiday weekend. Uh, until next week, when we kick off the month of December, 
for Dr. Trey Franklin. I'm Jeff Pack. This is the Still Real to Us show. And more importantly, happy Thanksgiving. See you next week. Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Stream classic sitcoms like The Office, Parks and Recreation, and Two and a Half Men. Plus, catch Peacock original comedies like AP Bio and Say by the Bell. For all your exclusive comedy faves, go to PeacockTV.com and get started. Hi, I'm Dr. Andreas Michaelitis, Chief Psychologist at Noom. But what's Noom and why does Noom need a Chief Psychologist? Noom is a weight loss program that works with results that last. Because we know that changing the way you eat starts with your mind. With Noom's proven psychology-backed tools, one-on-one coaching, and flexible plans that emphasize progress over perfection, you'll have the tools you need to change your relationship with food. So sign up at Noom.com now and lose the weight for good. That's N-O-O-M.com.